0: is Bloomberg Surveillance.
1: I've been thinking the 10 years in a a one-and-a-half, two-and-a-half trading band, and that's where we've been, and I think that's where we're going to stay. I
2: think there's a growing sentiment that maybe negative rates aren't all that they were supposed to be in terms of stimulating growth and inflation. A
0: precondition for a bear market is not necessarily a recession. Bear markets can occur even if the U.S. fails to fall into recession. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good
1: morning, everyone. Michael McKee and Tom Keen. Bloomberg Surveillance Worldwide. Good morning, United Kingdom. We're going to touch on Brexit, which has moved all the way to a debate of some type in Shanghai at the G20 meetings as well. Jamie Murray to join us here in a moment from Bloomberg Economics and Bloomberg Intelligence. Futures of eight now. Futures up 73. Record low yield in the German five-year. The two-year to three digits. We do yields to three or four digits when it matters, the German two-year negative zero point five five one—that's really close to a record low. I don't believe we're there, but we're getting there. Maybe Michael McKee has wisdom on that. Bloomberg Surveillance brought to you by Cone Resnick Accounting, Tax Advisory to keep your business on top of issues in the evolving renewable energy market. It takes dedicated industry experts like Cone Resnick. Find out more at Cone Resnick. .com. We thank Cone Resnick for their uh, uh, support. Mike, I'm doing my taxes this weekend. The incense came in from Amazon. You know, <laughs> fill the room with incense and see what we and, can do.
2: And, uh, put on some uh, spa music. and
1: Yeah. Exactly.
2: Um, are you going to release your tax returns to the public? But yes. I, what is the story on that?
1: <laughs> Mr. Trump is not? Is that?
2: Uh, he's so far you making know. excuses for doing it. It became, Mitt Romney, of all people, uh, brought, brought it up as something that dumb... Can Trump I
1: ask a dumb do. question? Is is, does he have to, or is it an option? No, he doesn't have to. It's doesn't an option. Okay.
2: Uh, Mr. Romney suggested there might be something hidden in there, like uh, much lower income than uh, Mr. Trump claims.
1: Okay. Uh, J.B. Murray with us as we look at... Uh, Uh, global economics. He runs economics for so much of Bloomberg economics and Bloomberg intelligence. Jamie, I don't even know where to start, but I guess we start with a Brexit update. What will you listen for this weekend and into next week in the U.K. rhetoric on an exit from Europe?
3: I think the thing to recognize is we're we're quite a long way from a vote here. The vote's going to be 23rd of June. There's going to be a lot of campaigning over the next uh, next month or two. Um, so there's there's a long way to run. So I wouldn't attach too much weight to any particular comments from politicians just yet. There's I would say there's there's, there's plenty of time.
2: Well, what's the argument that the pro EU side is going to make?
3: Well, I think there's a, a, a general feeling that the uh, the U.K. could could benefit from being outside the Union from trade ties and the reduction in the burden of regulation from, from Europe. Uh, I think the, 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 the trouble with those arguments is that there's no guarantees that if Britain leaves, it will be able to make up for the beneficial trade ties it has with the EU. And it's not clear that the legislation that is inflicted on the UK by Europe is actually that unpalatable. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's kind of the, the case is is hard to make in in, in our view.
2: The hard to make a case for leaving.
3: Yeah, it's it's, it's harder to the the downside risks. I mean, it is kind of a leap into the unknown, as, as politicians say. The downside risks are probably bigger than the upside risks are, and you've also, compounding, mm-hmm. like the, the longer term view, you've got this this possibility that there's going to be some significant short term disruption. I mean, we've done some modelling, and we've run some shocks through our through our models. We've done a, a 10% exchange rate shock. We've done 100 basis points on interbank lending, and a confidence shock to demand, so people feeling less comfortable, spending less. And we think that could push inflation up significantly. We think growth would be far slower in the near term. And we think the next uh, move to interest rates would be a cut to zero if Britain left yeah. the union.
1: The Economist a couple of days ago, Jamie. I, I assume you saw it. Made a splash in trying to calculate the cost in and out of Brexit. Do you, with all your good research, do you have a number that you, that London and the United Kingdom gains or loses? Off of the transaction of leaving the EU?
3: We have, we have some numbers. So we've got that short term impact, which, uh, which is temporary. That wouldn't, that wouldn't last forever. But the medium term impact we think would be relatively large. So, um, it's unclear exactly what post brexit arrangements would look like but assuming that the that the government is able to clamp down on migration flows that would make the economy smaller by about 1% by 2020 if uh, the trade arrangements we have with the eu aren't replicated or made better by leaving uh, then you're looking at another 2% of gdp so the economy could be 3% of gdp smaller in the medium term not per year
1: but just just over, uh, overall
3: yeah. So the economy, economic output per year, would be lower by three percent for the rest of time, relative to what it would otherwise have been.
2: What about uh, the um, impact internally uh, within uh, Great Britain? Uh, they lose some of the trade aspects, but how much of the economy is dependent on that? Would people be better off um, in terms of uh, companies that would no longer be under? Um, the control of Brussels in terms of the, 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 the rules and regulations for the economy?
3: I mean, it's, it's hard to think of, of specific examples where interference from Europe really produces negative outcomes for British business. Things like the Working Time Directive, for example, which prevent British workers from working more than I think it's about thirty-eight hours a week. Um, those things are generally thought to be good, both by workers and by uh, by businesses, and that's probably one of the, the bigger intrusions into into British life from the EU. Um, so I, my my feeling is that the, the leaving leaving that regulation behind isn't really the solution. And if you think about the, uh, say, the banking sector, for example, leaving the EU is very unlikely to prompt a big relaxation of rules on, on, on banks in the UK. It's not like there's some sort of sunny upland for British banks where they no longer have to be regulated at all. The Bank of England is just as as tight in regulation if not yeah. tighter than Europe.
1: So so what are the benefits to leaving the EU? You've cited a lot of benefits or analysis to suggest there are benefits to staying within this experiment. What's the upside for leaving?
3: The upside to leaving is that some hope that trade flows with the rest of the world that's expanding quite fast, like China, the emerging market, would be bigger because we could negotiate bilateral trade agreements with them that we cannot do independently of the EU. And I think that's the the biggest economic sort of uh, benefit. To the to the UK, those who are worried about the level of migration for non-economic reasons, for them, that, too, could be a benefit. So people seeing okay. lower migration as a result of leaving.
1: I'm fascinated. I'm also want to inform folks on Jamie's good answer, which didn't mention Scotland. How do you, you know, and I understand you're not doing this from a pol- political angle, but do you just presume that if Brexit occurs, that the real issue is a Scottish overlay?
3: so i think the the i think leaving would almost would almost certainly trigger another referendum in scotland on the membership of the union the uk um when that would happen i think it would probably be a year or two once the yeah, all the post okay. EU negotiations are complete because you really need to know what's going to be in place afterwards before scotland can make a decision about the about its own membership of the uk so i think that's that would be quite a long way off but yes it would be a, a risk and we know we we know what the consequences of of breaking up yeah. the uk are already
2: Well, uh, we were just talking uh, with a couple of guests who said, uh, yes, uh, Mr. Osborne and uh, Mr. Cameron got concessions from the EU, but they're hard to explain. Can you put into words for us what they're going to try to sell out of the deal?
3: Well, so the uh, the, the only – so you've got a few few things. Some sort of are more political, to others more sort of policy economic. Uh, one of the one of the concessions was that they were, we're no longer going to be subject to the ever closer union part of the agreement with the EU. Um, what that means is kind of fuzzy. Uh, who knows whether the degree to which the European Union was going closer anyway? It's, it's hard to it's hard to sell that, but he will highlight it as uh, as something he's brought home. Um, and the other one is uh, changes to to benefits. So he's managed to secure a break on the payment of in work benefits. That's um, credits you get. For, well, basically, you pay lower taxes um, because you are working lower a, a, few, a few hours a week. Um, that benefit, that, that in-work benefit, would no longer be payable to recent migrants. Uh, and uh, the idea is that that dissuades them from coming. The trouble is that it probably won't, because most people come here to work anyway. The, in, the income differential is very wide already. And even if you make these tweaks to the, um, to the p- payment of benefits, the incentive to come to Britain is still quite strong. Um, so my guess is that it wouldn't have an enormous influence on migration, which is what it was intended to address.
1: Jamie, thank you so much. Jamie Murray is a, uh, uh, a Bloomberg Intelligence and Bloomberg Economics this morning, a good briefing there on uh, Brexit. As Jamie said at the beginning, it's, it's out there in June. But, Mike, I thought it was really a nuanced week of Brexit debate. Yeah, I was really taken back somewhere I saw this morning. I'm sorry, folks, I can't cite it. Uh, of, of a real interest in having somehow Brexit creep into the communique in Shanghai, I find that almost unimaginable.
2: Yeah, maybe a little early for that Yeah, uh, that kind of thing. I, I don't know that they would get involved in yeah, exactly. choosing sides.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, But it is going to be a fascinating couple of months with Brexit, with China, with oil, with uh, the elections um a lot, to, lot for the G20 to keep their eyes on.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, currency markets, yen near one thirteen, one twelve ninety seven, fractionally stronger yen uh, this morning. Uh, sterling,
2: 139.67. Now let's talk to John Tucker and get the latest world and national headlines. John.
0: You know, Tom and Michael, the Republican presidential candidates. Going through separate ways today after a knockdown dragout debate that featured name calling, insults, and finger pointing. The U.S. military expanded the war on Islamic State group with an assault on the internet. U.S. officials say the newly launched aggressive campaign of cyber attacks targets the group's abilities to use social media and the internet. President Obama heads to Florida today defending the results of the massive economic stimulus bill he signed early in his first term. And to keep prices stable and to avoid a glut, the cartel is keeping a lid on production. OPEC and oil? No, maple syrup. The Federation of Quebec Maple Syrup Producers accounts for 71% of world supply. They are strictly limiting how much can be extracted and sold this season. Global News, 24 hours a day, powered by 2,400 journalists in more than 150 news bureaus around the world. I'm John Tucker. You've been Tom.
1: a font of news wisdom this week. A font. I very
0: believe there are different nice grades this. as well, like yeah, oil, of maple are. syrup.
1: Okay, very good. On the Maple Syrup Watch, Bloomberg Surveillance.
2: The news update brought to you by your Mercedes-Benz Tri-State dealer. When it comes to winter elements, put your best four wheels forward with Mercedes-Benz formatic all-wheel drive. Visit your Mercedes-Benz Tri-State dealer for a test drive today.